Hello everyone, welcome back to our Manchester United podcast for episode 3. On today's episode we're going to be speaking about our thoughts on the games versus Club Bruges and Watford. We're then going to move on to discussing Chris Smalling, Lukaku and Tony Martial. Yep, and uh, we want to give a quick shout out to our uh, massive global audience that we've picked up. We now know we've got listeners in Hungary and America. So we're pretty pleased with that. <laughs> shout out to our listeners in Seged in Hungary. And yeah, I'm in, not going to attempt to pronounce it, but I think you did a reasonably good job. Yeah, <laughs> and in California and Georgia, it's a pleasure to be entertaining you. Yeah, and I mean, we we definitely don't know anyone in Hungary or America, so we're pleased to get that uh, organic growth. Yeah, and, terrific. <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's get started. So where did we want to start? Club Bruges? Club Bruges, Europa League, knockout fixtures, scintillating entertainment for everyone that's involved. Yeah, I mean, it was a Thursday night game, right? And everyone always get everyone always gives people stick for uh, playing on Thursday nights. But I mean, what else are you going to do on a Thursday night? You know, it's good for good as a fan to have something to watch. Yeah, it came on on a, I think it was a five fifty five kickoff. Um, yeah, perfect timing, right? Perfect timing, <laughs> right? Bang in the middle of dinner. So, yeah. what what more could you ask for watching such a an incredible game? Not gonna lie, it almost put me to sleep with that game. Um, I wasn't the most enthralled by it. <laughs> Uh, I don't imagine many people have got an opposing opinion to that, MT. Yeah, I mean, there's not really too much for us to say. I mean, Romero made a very rare mistake. Yeah, um, what did you think of that? So Dennis scored that goal where he's it was a good pretty finish. much chipped in. Yeah, it was a good finish, but I don't think Romero should have come out that far. Yeah, he was a bit, he was in no man's land. I'm yeah, not too I mean, sure what Williams he's done Williams was alongside him, alongside the attacker. Um, I was, he basically, he made the striker's mind up for him. I'm, I'm very confident that he's just misread the ball in the air completely. Yeah. He's realised, oh, what am I doing out here? And yeah, he's he's set himself <laughs> up to be chipped from outside the box, which is a shame. But then a slight bit of controversy as well. Uh, Mignolet, the uh, Liverpool yeah, icon. Yeah, uh, we should have had a corner, right? Yeah, um, we should have had a corner. And then second of all, he's taken the ball when whilst it's still moving. And uh, VAR's official stance on that is uh, they don't interfere on res- resets in play. Well, you know, he's an ex-Liverpool player, right? Yeah, so, so it makes complete sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then and then Martial good, good goal from Martial yeah, yeah. I, I liked uh, Van Persie's analysis in the studio um, he, he gave a, a, a good opinion on it where he said that that second touch that Martial takes completely stops the defender from being able to win the ball back and the defender's only got two choices at that point it's either get myself sent off and clip him uh, take him out or just let him run by me I've got no other option and uh, yeah Martial's clinical enough in front of goal yeah I mean that's that's exactly what we've been wanting to, well crying out for him to do is uh, something like you know clinical like that and I think it was only three touches like first touch to take it away from the defender second touch to close in on goal and third touch I think was the goal yeah and it, it's great um, stuff and I am I right in saying Mignolet was the keeper he scored his goal against on his Liverpool debut when he scored against Liverpool yeah potentially yeah. Um, I don't think it was Carrius at that point it was probably probably Mignolet yeah um, I think it was so uh, yeah n- nice nice little throwback for Mignolet yeah. to <laughs> sat down by I mean to be honest I didn't even realise he was it was Mignolet until probably about the 60, 60th 70th minute um, but um, yeah it's nice to see that he's yeah. Keep keeping busy, and then the second half it it wasn't it wasn't the most in, entertaining second half. Of uh, football. Did anything happen in the second half? <laughs> um, I remember it rained a lot. <laughs> I am honestly really having a hard time remembering so anything th- that happened. So the, in the second, second half, half, to be honest, Fernandez comes on around the 80th. Oh minute. yes, that's that's true actually, and that was pretty much the that's only when the game bit. came to life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so Fernandez has come on, and to be honest, if anything, he's shown up his teammates because his impact alone in the 80th minute and uh, also Fred came on a few minutes before that so maybe having both of them in the yeah. midfield it, it, you can just tell the difference in quality is incredible uh, Fernandez comes on and straight away he's playing these direct balls and yeah like that pass to Matter was that was pretty special yeah, that oh, was Matter a, was offside and he missed yeah. but <laughs> it was an incredible person yeah. yeah maybe Matter four seasons ago <laughs> probably would have got onto it and been onside and finished it off but yeah the pass was in, was incredible uh, I think there's a stat like um, before he, he came on United had seven shots roughly and after he came on they finished with 15 or something and four of those shots were his and I mean, he was only on for 10 minutes so uh, his his influence is, yeah. is incredible and we'll go on to discuss that uh, particularly against Watford Yeah. but um, my final thoughts on the game v Bruges uh, I thought it's an away performance uh, we've, we've got a draw we've got an away goal Mourinho would have been very happy with it right 1-1 yeah. one, one, one away from home first leg uh, yeah he, he probably wouldn't have had any complaints um, I, I can't see why we won't beat them at home slight concern is that Bruges have only lost one game all season in the Belgium league uh, they're top of the Belgium league I think there's about I suppose they, they, need, they need to come to Old Trafford and win I guess so, yeah um, 
and then of course obviously it's the Belgian league it's not the Premier League so yeah I mean my only thing I kind of would have said um, you know we discussed last week Bruno having the double winter break I probably would have start, started him he's actually the second top scorer in the Europa League this season um, if you include obviously include his goals from sporting yeah. so I probably would have started him had the game with, you know potentially wrapped up by 60-70 minutes and then taking him off rather than bringing him on yeah um, like because I didn't see much oh, that Dennis was pretty decent, but I didn't see much else from Bruges to worry us. I so. think uh, Ole probably, uh, I'm assuming, is thinking was um, get some of the more second string players some minutes. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm buy, I, so. I do buy that, but then I do think Maguire started again, right? Did he? Did he play? Did he start that game? Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, so if you're gonna rest Bruno after he's only been here for a couple of weeks, rest Maguire as well. I think since he's had that supposed hip injury that he was going to be out for two, three months, he's played like every single game. Maguire is an absolute titan. <laughs> yeah. I'm not too sure what he has for breakfast, yeah. but there he doesn't seem to be. Sorry, there doesn't seem to be. He doesn't seem to be slowing down. I'm surprised he hasn't got a lot more knocks because he's quite a physical player. Um, but he's yeah. going from strength to strength to strength at the moment as well. I think. Credit, yeah, all credit to him. Um, I think, yeah, he, fair play to him. And and if the case is that he potentially could be, I don't know, taking some kind of painkillers or stuff before game so that he can play, then fair play to him. If if it means that much to to be playing yeah. every week, week in week out, and he he wants to take that risk, then you know, all, all credit to him. I think um, he deserves it. Yeah. Um. So I think that's pretty much it for the Bruges game. Is yeah, return legs tomorrow. Hopefully, will be comfortably through to the next round do you, do you ever have any worry when you play these teams that are having such good domestic seasons or be in these smaller countries <sighs> smaller leagues that they could potentially cause an upset mm, not really um, I know the media like to hype it up as that right like, yeah. oh, they'll, they'll probably pull that out Bruges have only, they've only lost one game all season because everyone loves it when United fail right? so they, they, they'll try and make it seem like it's more than it is um, but I know, we're in reasonably good form um, I'm fairly confident we'll get the job done yeah tomorrow. yeah. to be fair I think based on our current form I'm a lot more relaxed about that fixture I think if we were still maybe two three weeks ago where we were all over the place in terms of score, form score a goal. yeah I'd be a bit like a bit concerned and think all it really takes for Bruges to score a goal and then we've got a score we've got a score one takes it to a draw doesn't it yeah one one, 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 one one will be a draw yeah. um, if they scored twice then, then we'd be an issue three. then we'd be then yeah. we'd have an issue um, but um but yeah, still fairly confident going towards that game. We're actually playing that game as as of recording at this time. Uh, we'll be playing them tomorrow. Yep. Um, so we'll know sooner or later. <laughs> we'll, we'll know sooner or later if we've advanced to the next stage of the Europa League uh, and getting that one step closer to an alternative route into the Champions League. Yep. Should we should we make our way to the final? But yeah, back. To, so we'll go back to our main route, hopefully to the Champions League, uh, as we called it last week, the race for fifth, which we are now in control of. Yes. So. Manchester United versus Watford. Yeah. Um, good performance. So yeah. first of all, very happy. Well, happy sounds horrible. Yeah. So I guess Content. The, the, result, the result was 3-0 three, three, three win. Um, I think it was the first time we'd scored at Old Trafford for about two weeks or something as well, which was which was nice. Um, and yeah, um, cagey first half, but Bruno looked good again. Uh, he did well to win the penalty, which was a clear penalty. And uh, very confident in his technique as well to put it away. I, I, I really like his technique. I like the way he did the little hop, and uh, yeah, shows shows very very strong confidence within him. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, most players, if you, I think he's the first ever United player to score his first goal as a penalty or something crazy. I read that stat. Yeah, yeah. wow. Um, so you know, you got to have some confidence to. He knows that obviously his fee is in this market is reasonable, but it's still a lot of money, fifty million or whatever yeah. it was. Um, and he knows the pressure that comes with playing for Man United. If he did that and missed, oh. you know, the, the the headlines would have been crazy. The you know Twitter would have been going nuts, that kind of stuff. So you know, it took some confidence to step up like that and just slot it away. Yeah, I really like the way he he, he just approached it. Um, and th- yeah, I'm also glad that we've got a penalty taker. Yeah, he's got a crazy record, right? He's not he never missed a penalty for Sporting Lisbon. Wow. The last uh, penalty he missed was for Udinese, like. Uh, a long time ago <laughs> um, and he's got like a 96% record in his career or something that's awesome because we've had a few struggles with penalties in particular this season yeah so Rashford actually has a reasonably high one apparently so I was reading is like 84% um, but then the next is Pogba's is like 70 hmm. um, so Bruno in the, you know in the 90s is he's definitely I think last week we said he's taken over free kicks and uh, corners I think this week he's <laughs> he's taken over penalties already I think if, if it means we don't have to see Pogba do a little one mini 
step penalty <laughs> that has a five minute run up again um, then yeah See, the I'm funny thing happy. is I actually think he scored more when he was doing that stupid run up and then when he you know finally relented to the criticism and <laughs> was trying to just take him normally that's when he seemed to struggle to actually put him away that, that's, um, yeah I'd actually be interested to see the statistics yeah. behind that going back to the start of the game uh, Oli made some brave brave changes well brave changes he made changes that every, yeah, every say, single fan has wanted him to make I was going to say I don't think I know which changes you're going to refer to yeah, but so, I was going to say I don't think they're brave at all so so um, the man Andreas Pereira and the icon Jesse Lingard um, both of them left out of the starting match day squad probably got something to do with the performance against Bruges because both were terrible um, what do you think on that what do you think that means for them to future wise um, so they Oli's he's shown a lot of uh, faith in them since he's joined um, they've often been his like uh, sort of his versatile players like anytime we said about Pereira he's done that with Lingard a bit as well anytime there's a hole in the team he's he's usually thrown one of the other two yeah one of the two yeah. in there right um, so I guess now that we've got Bruno available that hole there's not as much of a space in the team uh, Greenwood was back fit that kind of stuff but then yeah to see them not on the bench even as well it was nice because um Especially, well, Lingard, we know he's had his struggles this year, no, like with no goals in the system in the Premier League. He's had a couple of decent Europa performances, but mm-hmm. Pereira has just been unbelievably poor in, in basically any position he's played. He's, I mean, he's played holding midfield. He can't do that. He's played on the wing. He's. I feel like the last good game he had for us was, I think, last season Southampton, against Southampton yeah. where he scored that good goal. <laughs> Um, and I That's think he what, had a that good, was when we were still on our crazy run, right? And, and then, I think he had a decent preseason game at some point where he scored a free kick. I think that was a few years ago. Now I think that was under Mourinho that preseason game. Potentially, um, yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it, I'm sure he's a nice guy, and I'm sure he's got some reasonable talent at football. Yeah, but I just don't think he. We said it before. I just don't think he's cut out for Man yeah, United. I think, um, um, and and I, it may sound very harsh, but I think even as a bench player, it, it, even that, I think he's pushing it. Um, because I still haven't seen anything from him in the last season, at least. I think Bruges, did he come off? Did he come on, on off the bench? I can't remember, but uh, he's, he's done that a couple of times this season. He's come on and he's not impacted the game. So against Bruges, Fred came on for him. For him, okay. Yeah. Right, well, that shows, that, shows, right, that shows how little impact he had. I couldn't remember whether he started or yeah. or uh, or not. But um, yeah, you so you're about- saying you think it's a brave call, but... I think it's the right thing to do and it's just it's annoying really that it's taken him that long it's it's frustrating because from my own perspectives um, I, I don't like to see players sure yeah I mean, we, but, we, we um, want every player to score yeah, and especially every game especially when you know like they're young players and from the academy yeah, etc I suppose from the, Lingard's not young anymore but yeah. Pereira is still reasonably young and Lingard as Manchester United fan he's given us some good moments yeah. in terms of cup finals you know, and he, at Wembley you can see he wants to play for the club yeah um, which, which you know that does matter yeah but I think uh, in terms of long-term Manchester United squad, etc., Ali made the right decision. Yeah, I he- mean, w- the other options are like uh, Chong, Gomez. Um, they haven't impressed really when they've been in the first team. But, you know, their contracts are up for a renewal at the end of the season. Uh, potentially, they're looking at leaving because they're not getting maybe as much chance in the first team as they thought they would. Maybe that's they don't deserve it. But when you see players like Pereira and Lingard constantly failing to perform ahead of you you must start to think you know why am I not getting the same chance yeah it's true and mm-hmm. I think Chung got Chung came on towards the last stages of this game and, and I was glad to see him on the bench actually because yeah, it shows not- that he's he must be doing something right still. yeah but um, and I know he, he only had 10 minutes and you know a player probably needs to start a game and start a few games to be able to show what he can do but still um Still, it's very limited as to uh, him showing what 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 he can do, and we've had players in the past that had that kind of game time, and they'd show glimpses of what they can do. So, like you're looking very far back, and I'm talking like Yanazai and those kind of young players. <laughs> they'd come on and they'd show like, oh, they've got something about yeah. them. But Chong, if you hadn't if you hadn't seen his highlights with the reserves, you'd think yeah, he's terrible. For the for the first team, he's not been great. Yeah, um, but you know he's I think twenty. Gomez is twenty. I would give them one more contract. You know, if try and get him down to a three year deal or something, and that's that you know, by the time they're 23, you'll know, you know, you should know by then whether they're going to be, um, what they're cracked up to be, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, if if they're seeing Lingard and Pereira every week going out and doing absolutely nothing and actually hurting the team, you know, that you do start to think, like, what. Why am I not getting these opportunities? They they might have a bad game and then not be seen for another ten games. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe the maybe you could say 
they're much younger they should just stay and be patient but I think uh, football's changing a bit nowadays um, yeah football's changing a bit nowadays and um, if you got maybe 10-15 games a season when you were 20 maybe I don't know 10 years ago you'd probably be pretty happy with that but you see players like Sancho he's like I think he's in 19 Haaland he's 19 Greenwood's 18 yeah you know, these players are playing 30-40 games a season sometimes 50-60 games a season now uh, they want these things earlier in their career um, the last player I can remember doing something similar was Rooney and he was an anom- a bit of an anomaly anomaly at the time yeah, yeah. I mean when you look at um, I'd say probably Messi and Rooney when they uh, when they started uh, um, they they got they broke into the, their first teams about 16-17 that was very very rare back, back then but now you start to think if a player is 21 and he's not broken into the first team you start to think well, maybe it's not going to happen for him at that, yeah, at it's that a good club it's <laughs> a good point um, so against Watford at half time we go in 1-0 um, it's an interesting first half the goal is our first goal in 235 minutes of play in the Premier League at Old Trafford so like like you mentioned earlier quite it a was long way yeah. yeah definitely um, Watford interestingly they, they pushed quite a bit they, they they definitely didn't sit back and I thought think that's exactly why we ended up winning this game so well because we don't do well against the teams that keep their structure and don't really bomb onto us whereas Watford they were at any chance they could they were pushing forward as much as they could and they had quite a high line with their defence as well yeah I mean uh, we've struggled with teams that we have the more more possession against and I think we did still have more possession but I think the the big change for me is just Bruno yeah completely like um, Martial's goal it came from a Bruno pass yeah he jokingly said it afterwards he wants Martial to finish it first time so he can get the assist yeah <laughs> um, like he's he can unlock these defences uh, it was his run that got the penalty he scored the penalty it was his pass for um, Martial's goal and it was his pass for Greenwood's goal as well. Yeah. He, every, everything is going through him in these games now and uh, he's shown he can unlock these stubborn stubborn defences. Like I, I really I really liked what he did for Greenwood's goal because um, we've had a lot of issues with players who are uh, supposed to play, we've said about Martial and Rashford's been guilty of it as well, supposed to play centrally. Yep. But they, uh, sorry, they're supposed to play on the wing but they love drifting in. Um. So it often leaves us, you know, with no options on the wing. We've got like six players charging at the defence through the middle mm-hmm. and it goes nowhere because that's where all the defenders are <laughs> and it's easy for them to shut out. The sp- There's not much space there. Yeah. The, the attacks get shut out. But the Greenwood one, Fernandez, although he's playing centrally, he spots a gap on the wing, fills that gap, takes a defender with him, takes the ball and he just, uh, you know, uses the space well. And then puts it on a plate for Greenwood. It still is a brilliant finish, but you know the build-up play. That's exactly what you want from your sort of creative, uh, creative midfielder. And it's a fantastic finish from Greenwood as well. He just smacks it off the underside of the bar. Yeah, he hit very, very clean. Yeah, and I like the way he just collapsed to the ground afterwards. Yeah. I don't know if he had cramp, but <laughs> I just like the way he did. And it was kind of just like, yeah, I've just put all my energy into that hit, and that's it. The goal scored. I don't need to do any silly, elaborate. Um, <laughs> celebration it was it was super what did you think of um the disallowed VAR goal uh, uh I don't think there's much to say about it. He, hum- he humbled it yeah he, the way he's pivoted <laughs> his body towards see, it you can see he yeah he tried to disguise it as a header but yeah. I, I think maybe without the with it, without VAR it probably yeah, been allowed. without VAR he kind of tried he did a good job at disguising it yeah. but he's essentially used his arm but he's pinned his arm to his body to make it look yeah. like he didn't do that that's all really um, so we're, yeah talking about Greenwood um, I jokingly said to my friend the other day who's a Liverpool fan uh, Greenwood's better than Firmino um, and I've been looking it up since and I think yeah. I think I'm right why do you think that <laughs> so, so Greenwood I'll give you his stats for the season uh, he has played 37 games in all competitions and he's got 11 goals and Firmino has played 39 games and scored 10 goals um, and uh, the argument will be oh you know he's played he's played in the Europa League blah 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 Firmino's played in the yeah. Champions League but you know Firmino's only scored um, he scored zero goals sorry in the Champions League so so that doesn't necessarily apply as uh, as that and Greenwood scored four in the Europa League so the majority of his goals are still not you know they're in the domestic competitions which yeah. Firmino can play in um, and yeah there's always been this thing about Liverpool calling him like a defensive striker what is a defensive striker <laughs> that's what I was going to say yeah. I was going to say um, so the counter argument would be I don't know well this sounds silly I don't think it's his job to score goals even yeah. though he's a striker well, um, I think it is personally 
Um, but I think the way Klopp sets it up, uh, or he, the way he justifies it anyway, is um, yeah, this term defensive yeah, I, striker. I think he's like a spare part in that team. Yeah, I think any most Premier League strikers could play his 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 role. I think, personally, I think most um, most football spectators know that if there was anyone that would potentially be replaced in that front line, it's him. Yeah, I mean, um, you're not going to get rid of Salah. You're not going to get rid yeah. of Mane, even this, though Rashford scored more goals than both of them. There's there's constant <laughs> um, there's constant comparison. Uh, no, sorry, there's there's con- constant rumor of uh, Timo Werner being signed by Liverpool, and it's obvious if if they do sign him, he's going straight into that central striker position. Yeah, I mean, I've not I've not watched too much of him to be honest. Uh, so whether he'd come in as a I don't know bench and then. Maybe, but definitely, I don't know. Yeah. quite loyal to his players, I guess. But um, I don't know. I, maybe if you've seen more of him, yeah. you think he's going to go straight in. Uh, yeah, I think definitely he'd go straight into a striker position. And uh, yeah, maybe for me, I think he, he's a unique position because I can't think of many other strikers that play. Um, I don't even know what to call it. I can't even call well, it. Well, that's the 10. thing they, they've come up with this defensive striker yeah. thing. I, I don't know what that is. That's why. Uh, so my, I was discussing this with my mate today. And I said um, uh, he said, "Oh, he's one of the best in the world at what he does." And I was like, no, I don't think there is anyone else who does what he does. And I don't think he's that useful, <laughs> personally. Um, it, it's strange because I think the system that they operate in is he's on paper, the Salah and Mane start on the wings and he starts in the centre. But as soon as they start playing, he drops into Cam and them two move into two striker positions. Well, yeah, I've, um, I've, watched, um, I've watched a bit of Liverpool. Though. I watched the game last night against West Ham. And, um, you know, they're, they're, the argument is, oh, he, he helps Salah and Mane. But when you look at um, you know the guy who's doing all the creative work is uh, is Arnold. It's not Firmino. <laughs> yeah, I think I think essentially <laughs> you know, like he's the, um, the, the the gameplay is generally is give the ball out wide to Arnold and Arnold will try and do something with it and play Salah or Mane in. Like it shows he's got twelve assists or whatever this season. Yeah, I don't think I don't know what Firmino's assist numbers are, but I I think um, Firmino. I'm trying to think the closest comparison I could probably draw is Benzema when uh, Ronaldo was at Madrid. But the difference but being Benzema that- is still whacking a few, fair few goals. To be fair, I think he's, his, his goal scoring record is un- underrated almost. Um, I think I think Firmino is more. Um, he occupies defenders and confuses them a bit and then <laughs> basically makes space for Mane and Salah who are a lot faster than him and uh, are more clinical, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, so i just got some more stats about Firmino. He's, uh, his goals per match in the Premier League is 0.34. That's throughout his whole career, not not just this season. Um, he has uh, hit the woodwork eight times. Apparently, there's a big chance he's missed that now. It's 48. That's fair, quite a lot. Is that in his entire Premier League Premier League career. career. He's got say. 34 assists reasonable I guess but that's still does it tell you how many appearances that's 164 appearances so that's still that's an assist every five games basically it's not like he's uh, you know Arnold is uh, probably doing an assist every every other game at the moment and he's, yeah. and he's their right back mm-hmm. so I think his uh, his role in the team is overplayed but um, but yeah we don't need to dwell on that <laughs> yeah um, so interestingly speaking about uh, Greenwood um, the last two teenagers to reach five goals in a sing- single Premier League season were, can you can you have a guess? Well, so that the thing that you, you bring it up as a stat makes me think it's going to be Rooney. And um, as much as I do love Wayne Rooney, it isn't Rooney. It's not Rooney. It's not Rooney. Is it more recent then? A lot more recent. Teenagers in the Premier League to have scored five goals in a single Premier League season hmm. or reach, sorry, not Rashford. Score. Yeah, it's Rashford. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's incredible that um, they both be Manchester United. Uh, it was Rashford products. both times. Um, no, so Rashford and then now Mason Greenwood oh. to, to, oh, score, the last two, right. to score at okay. least five goals, not a total of five yeah. goals. Hopefully not a total of five goals. I do want Mason Greenwood to continue to score for us <laughs> this season and not stay at that step. He's at, uh, yeah, so five and 24. When, but when the thing I was also going to say about Greenwood is um, that's, those are appearances, but a lot of them have been off the bench. Yes, they have been, yeah. And I don't think he finishes a full game many, much of either. No. Because, you know, you've got to balance. He's a kid still. Yeah. He's like 18 years old. Yeah, and you don't want to over overburden him. But he's also the top scoring under nineteen in Europe. Um, the second top scorer is Martinelli, Fatty. Oh, really? from Barca, he's, and he's then Mart- he scored more than Martinelli. For- and more, Martinelli scored um, three goals. Oh, do you mean just league goals? Yeah, league okay, goals. Right. Um, and yeah. also, there's obviously a massive uh, exclusion from that being Haaland and Mbappe. But that's yeah, why I, I believe I, the stats I, I, is I under nineteen and I, not nineteen. I, have, I did see this actually. I saw this on Instagram. Uh, a United play, a United uh, thing posted this right. Um, in my head, to be honest, un- nineteen is would be included in under nineteen for me. <laughs> right? If you were picking, if you had like a selection rules or something for a team and it was under nineteen, yeah, nineteen would be in that. Yeah, um, it'd be nineteen and under is more like so. I think yeah, taking Haaland out of it 
is uh <laughs> paint a different picture shall we yes say. yeah because uh, i believe he's on some sort of ridiculous yeah. uh run really he's scored nine for dortmund in yeah. six league games and i don't think he started all of those and he's got 16 and 14 for salzburg um yeah, so yeah so that's talent. a lot <laughs> that's well, tra- that's 25 his recalls. agent is mina Raiola, yeah. so we do not deal with and players scored, like that he's got 40 goals in all competitions this yeah, season it's insane it's, i think it's that's too remarkable i think that's more than messi um so but yeah harland forget him right we don't like Raiola, so so overall then <laughs> watford manchester united watford what, what were your yeah, it was good thoughts? like it was one of those games that we said before we could slip up in yeah we we, we got the job done yeah. we did what we needed to do so um, for me overall yeah happy three goals at Old Trafford clean sheet yep. uh, you know speak, yeah speak a couple of us. clean sheets in a row now in yeah. the league so that's nice um, I like that Ole made uh, I think a triple sub around the 80th minute and he gave some game time to players that needed it so Igalo uh, Chong um, Igalo went close I think with some crazy overhead kick as well if he, <laughs> yeah. if, if he got contact with that that would have been I think he took it around the keeper at one stage as yeah. well but the angle was quite oh yeah he actually hit the post I yeah. forgot about that um, um, and yeah and we're up to fifth uh, with three points off fourth, yeah, um, it's it's looking good for us, and it, you know, yeah, it's definitely. But we've got, like I said before, we've got a tough month uh, coming up. Um, let's just have a quick look at our fixtures again. Uh, we've got Everton at the weekend. Yep, that's away. So Everton are in decent form. I know they lost yeah, to Arsenal, form, yeah. but they've been good. Um, if we can get three points there, that'd be good. Uh, I'd be I'd be more than <laughs> more than happy with that. Um, then we've got City at home. Uh, this is just league games. Yep. Uh, we've done well against City recently and they've essentially got nothing to play for, right? <laughs> as, as as it stands, they're uh, out of the Champions League regardless, as it stands. As it stands, um, it will be greater concerns, I yeah. understand. If they, even if they get their ban overturned, I don't see them dropping out of the top four. So, you know, maybe them, and they're not going to catch Liverpool. I think Liverpool only needs something stupid like 12 points now to win the league. Yeah. So City really got nothing to play for. Um, yeah, other than Pride, like you said. Um but they'll have Champions League to like actual Champions League fixtures to worry about. Um, yeah. I don't know when it falls around the game, but hopefully they'll be more worried about that. Well, they'll be we kicking can... off in an hour as as we're recording. So yeah. next time you hear from us, we, you, we, we might have a clear oh, yeah, they idea. Might, they might, be, they might be already out of the Champions League, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, then we've got Spurs away. Um, at the moment, I, I wish we were playing Spurs next, this weekend. Because they have absolutely no players left. Yeah, and they've <laughs> like been they dying. are dropping like flies. Yeah, they're lucky that Lo Celso was wasn't sent off like he should have been, because otherwise they they would be seriously depleted on the like. I mean, no Son, no Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, Ali's forms d- dipped a bit. Yeah, I know he had a good recovery when Mourinho first first came in, but he's dipped. Uh, Ali um, seems to have gone the complete opposite way. So he had a really good start under Mourinho, yeah. and as of recent, he's been on the on the bench throwing guess, his yeah, the, shoes the, down the, and the, looks very upset it's, about it's things. hard I guess um, we've seen this happen a lot with attacking players in Mourinho I mean I, I think uh, yeah you either either works for you or it doesn't it looked like it was going to work for Ali yeah um, might, it might go it might go it might it'll go it'll go, it'll go one or two ways I guess but um, but yeah I mean there's a lot of pressure without Kane and Son so um, it, would, it would have been ideal to have played them for sure yeah so if I, I don't think Eva will be back by the time we play them this is only two weeks, and I think they're both looking at basically season, the whole the whole season out. So that's good for us. Yes. Um, of course, you want to play the best players, blah blah blah. <laughs> but yeah, if Kane and Son are not going to play, I'm, I'm I'm happy with that. At this point in my Manchester United um, supporter phase, yeah, I just um, want three points. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, actually, it's a good point. I mean, I've, I've said that uh, that you know you want to play the best players, blah blah blah. I I do not care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there, and it's the same as. Uh, People used to say as well, like, oh, um, you know, you want to beat the best teams when you win trophies. I don't want to beat the best teams. I, I, I don't care. Like, uh, um, you beat who you get. You beat you beat who's in front of you, and you win the games. You win the yeah. trophies. Um, yeah. <laughs> Agree. Agree. Um, yeah, and then the last game of the month, Sheffield United at home. Uh, again, they tough tough game, but at home, I'd be confident that we should be. Should be beating them. They'll be missing one of their key components and goal. Yeah, they won't be able to play Henderson, yeah. so that's that's a bonus. Um, although we want to play the best players, <laughs> not necessarily our own players, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, maybe we can get Henderson in goal for us for that day. I don't know if there's any rules that we can uh, tweak. In. Day of work experience. <laughs> yeah, work, yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough month. I think if we can get if we get nine nine points, I'd be very happy out of that. 
Yeah, three win three wins I think we should be targeting at least. Yeah, three wins we should be targeting. Yeah. Um realistically, I'd say we'll probably get six points. I think yeah, it's I think realistic. it's all it's gonna depend on how we start against Everton. Yeah. I think if we can get a good result against Everton, that sets us up for a good month. I think uh, my um, my uh, my judgment has changed in that I will say I think we'll get six points, but I can't tell you where we'll get those six points. Where, where they'll come from. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you who we're going to lose to. I'm At the moment, sure. Tottenham and Sheffield are the games I'm confident about. Everton, uh, I think they're going to put up a good fight. Um, they've been they've been they've looked good under Ancelotti, and uh, even against Arsenal, um, I thought they were a bit unlucky, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so because um, Calvert Lewin, I don't know what it is, but I've I've never really rated him, but he just can't stop scoring. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just got. I think he's got good instinct up front. That's all it is, yeah. and fair play to him. He, he's doing very well. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, sort of look forward to March. Um, do we have a few other things we wanted to talk about? Right, was uh, we've got, Smalling, we've got the, and next the next big topic on the agenda is that man over in Italy, Mike Smalling, Mike Smalling, <laughs> Smaldini. Um, just in case anyone's aware, we are aware his name is Chris. Yes, 100%. it's an inside joke if you're a Man United fan. <laughs> yeah. So recently, he's 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 come out. Uh, Sky Sports posted an article that um, Chris Smalling is. Um, well, first of all, he's very eager to get back into the Euro squad, which leads on to the next question of the Manchester United return. Yeah. Uh, let's address the first part: the um, the Euro squad. So I don't see him getting back into the Euros purely because I think Southgate has an issue with him. So Gareth Southgate yeah. came out in 2017 and said, essentially said he's dropping him because he questions his ability yeah. on the ball. I mean, he didn't mention him by name, right? Yeah. But he basically he said that this is what he wants his centre-backs to do yeah. and implied that Smalling doesn't do that. Yeah. And then Smalling Mourinho then had a press conference where they both said that he knows about his own ability and what he can do and he's shown it over time, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I'm not sure Southgate took that particularly kindly. Can't imagine um, so. But I've heard apparently he has been out to Roma to see him play. Yeah, so he went so, to go watch him in December. And because my initial thought was maybe he's still really in love with Ashley Young. But no, <laughs> it was before Ashley Young signed for yeah. Inter. So he's he's gone to watch Small in play. So there's obviously some level of interest there. I mean, when you look at the centre-backs, probably the start of the season, you say Maguire's a shoe in. Yeah. I think Gomez wasn't fit at the start of the season, right? No, but you'd wasn't. imagine, you'd have imagined and now since he's returned to fitness, Gomez would be in, a shoe in as well. Um, past that I don't think Jones has been in any Southgate squads maybe no, not I don't I think Jones has been, um, has been a long way so you probably ruled him out uh, he's not really playing for United much so he's probably out uh, Tomore's had a he had a good run yep so he was and he I think he got into one of the squads right um, he did but he's not really being picked at the moment no nope. so he's a doubt yeah so I think Tomore's lost his spot to Zuma yeah. and Rudiaga yeah so uh, he's probably a doubt at the moment um, who John Stones got? Stones he'll probably get in the squad but you know I think his his City career is going from no. bad to worse right he's yeah. like they, even when uh, City basically had literally no centre-backs Guardiola wouldn't start Stones Guardiola would rather play Fernandinho yeah he'd rather play Fernandinho and Rodri both central midfielders as a partnership than play Stones so and the last the last England squad um, make the assumption they'll take four centre backs. Yeah, so it was I mean, Maguire, I, Mings, Tomori, and Stones. Hmm. Mings, I think. Um, I think Mings. I, I I don't see him. I don't see him as a. I'd rather take Smalling over Mings personally. I think Mings will get into the squad. Actually, I'm not 100 percent sure, depending on if Villa get relegated uh, or not. But I think the reason why he would be in the squad if he does is because he's a left footed centre back, and managers seem to really enjoy fair. that. Um, um, but there's, we've got another candidate for that later, which we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I suppose they, yeah, they do like the partnership, right? Um, so who would, I, you I, start, who would you start the Euros as your... I mean, on current form, you've got to say it's got to be Maguire and Gomez, right? Yeah, that's, that's There's got to be... If you're playing two centre-backs, that's got to be your two at the moment. Um, yeah, I suppose... the Southgate always says he doesn't pick on reputation, but you'd imagine Stones is going to be the third choice. Like the third back or the th- one of the backup options. Yeah. Um, so I think there is a spot that that is that fourth centre back spot. I I think I think based on this season, I think if he picks Stones, um, it's a bit ridiculous considering yeah. how little appearances he's made. I, for his I definitely club agree team. with that, but I feel, I think I think I think he will. I think, I think he he's too take he's a... for Southgate. He's too high profile to not take. If you go and, uh, and he fits his mould of centre back that he wants to play, whether or not he's good enough. <laughs> I think also it's it fits his. Story, um, I think one of his kind of managerial style philosophies is to have that 
team kind of mentality. Yeah, the sort of club in, culture yeah. rather than... Um, and I think that means a lot to him. Uh, so I think certain players get into the squad, i.e. Fabian Delph, um, based on the fact oh, that... Man, if, if, if Delph goes to the Euros, please just uh, just <laughs> just cancel it. Cancel the whole tournament. I, I think they... Uh, yeah, I think he likes to keep certain individuals Why he, why are, he was ever in any of the squads, I, I, would, I will never understand. <laughs> right, but... Um, and there's like... You know, when you go to a tournament, you, you don't have enough spaces to take players that are good for the changing room. Yeah. Like, it's just not a, it's just not a thing. Like, I, I don't really know. I've not seen much of him at Everton. I, I think, think he might be injured, right? Um, he, I think he recently got himself a red yeah, card and got uh, himself suspended. But um, at City, he was almost, he only ever played, like, at left back. At left back. And he then almost never played after when uh, the other left backs were fit. And yeah. he still got in squads, but I mean, that's, you know, separate, separate issue. Yeah, separate <laughs> issue. I think um, I would take uh, Maguire, Mings, Tamori and Smalling. I'd take Smalling just based on, he no, has had miss- a very good um, performance this season for Roma. Um, he's quite highly rated in terms of the Serie A league. Um, the, he's very taken very well yeah. to Italy, uh, all that kind of stuff. He's having a good season. And I think if we look at the other options, it's not like we've got someone that's screamingly obvious yeah. that should be well, there. You miss, you miss Gomez off your list. Oh, did I miss Gomez? Yeah. Oh, very silly of me. Yeah, Mag- Maguire, Gomez, uh, Mings, I'd take. And so then, then there's between Tomori and Stones. Uh, it'd be t- between Tomori and Stones for me. No, obviously, I would probably scrap either Tomori. I'd scrap Tomori and Stones. <laughs> and and take Smalling. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Got it in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, Tomori, he had a strong start to the season, but I think he's he's fallen out. Unless he's unless he gets his place back for Chelsea. Yeah. I'm not I'm not taking him personally. So so that's the most likely um, scenario uh, in terms of Smalling's career is the England situation. But now, what about Manchester United? He hasn't clearly stated yet whether he wants to return. There's a lot of rumours that Roma want to purchase. Um, they seem to be offering quite low fees, 7 million, 8 million. <laughs> which, I think uh, his value is... I think like in this market I think about 20-25 million is probably fair yeah he's okay so I think he's around 30 years old he's English proven he's got a lot of experience at a high profile club and he's done well for them right yeah Um, so yeah I think a fair fee would be yeah around that 20 million and above Um, mark for me I I don't know I I think if even if we if we got him if we convinced him to stay it would be a short term solution Um, because like you said he's he's past 30 now yeah Um, Lindelof has been good this season, he hasn't quite lived up to his last season. I don't think. Um, he's, I guess he's, he's not really the sort of like physical, maybe centre back that we need. He's very good on the ball. And yeah. His tackling is really good as well. Yeah. But um, he, yeah, I guess he lacks a bit of the physicality, maybe. Um, but I'm still happy. I, I think I, st- I would still probably prefer him at this current point to Smalling. Let's say um, so. Obviously, I know in some games we've been playing five slash three at the back. Um, so a couple centre backs, more than two centre backs. But let's just go on a standard assumption: four, two, three, one. We've got two centre backs in. Yeah. Uh, who would you put? Who who's your two starting centre backs? I mean, obviously Maguire. Yes. Um, there, there's no arguments there. Yep. Um, the second centre back role, I think Lindelof is still my first choice at the moment. Mm-hmm. Bailly was incredible against Chelsea. Yeah, very good. He, yeah. He's almost sort of found his way back into the squad. Like just even like general consideration just from that one game. Uh, I've been slave for it before, but I like Phil Jones. But I think his time has come to move on. Um, I kind of feel the same way with Smalling as well. Like I think um, there's this sort of meme going around saying about these United players that they weren't rubbish. They just played for Man United, and they've got like Lukaku, yeah. uh, Smalling, etc. In their league positions. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's that. It's not really the club. It's that the players. Um, not not that they became toxic, but their um, their sort of their brand as a Man United player became toxic. I think Pogba's kind of in that situation now. Yeah, where no matter what happens, these players at Man United, they're just not going to work. I I think yeah, I think there's two types of players at United right now: those that can deal with that yep. toxic kind of brand side of things, and those that can't. Like pe- they, people have tried to do it to Rashford, like, and he's taken it on the chin and. So he sort of worked for it. Um, whereas the others, I just don't think they're ever going to find consistent form here. Yeah. So in that camp, I'd probably put Lingard, uh, Pogba. Um, Pogba's obviously, talent-wise, is a league above these these course, guys, yeah. but it's the same, you know, the branding, yeah. the brand is what I'm talking about now. Mm-hmm. So I'd say Lingard, Pogba, Smalling and Jones are in there. Um, who else would I throw in? Herrera yeah. uh, I was about yeah. to say a certain yeah. Andreas yeah I can't forget about that guy yeah. Um, but yeah I think Pereira maybe his brand isn't as toxic uh, as the others compared in, with, the, with the United because he's maybe not had as many chances yeah but the others they've had their chances 
regardless of how good they are as footballers, it just doesn't look like he's going to work at United anymore. Um, and, you know, Oli's been bold with a lot of the, you know, I'd say maybe Young was almost in that camp as well. Um, you know, he's got rid of a lot of Deadwood. Yes, he has, yeah. Damian Rojo. Yeah, yeah. Ro- uh, Rojo was another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he might be a good player, but it just was not going to happen for him at United. So it's time, yeah. you know, it's time to move on. We can't just keep having these transition periods and giving them chances and chances and chances. Exactly that. So yeah, I mean, if Smalling's value's gone up, I would probably, you know, take what we can get really for him. We've also got to consider we've got Twanzebi. Yeah, Twanzebi looks, looks um, pretty good. Cool he's been obviously. overlooked most of the season because obviously he's been injured. Um, but he did have a very good season with, for Villa last year. Uh, and when he has played for United, he's, he's looked he's reasonably decent, assured. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would rather... So who would your two backup options be? Because we know for most people it's probably going to be Lindelof and Maguire as their first choices. Yeah, who so at the moment, out of two? the guys at the club... Uh, even though I like Phil Jones, I, if I was taking four centre backs, it would be Maguire, Lindelof, Bailly, and Twenzebi. Yeah, those would be my four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we started the season with like eight centre backs, right? Yeah. But you know, if I'm looking at if it's me and my, my football manager squad, yeah, those are probably the four. I'm, the four I'm going for. It, it, so for me, I'd agree with most of that. Uh, my only concern would be by in terms Injuries, of fitness. Right? Yeah. So then that's when I would think. So that's why maybe I'd say keep keep Jones as well, <laughs> because between the two of them, you'd like to think they'd be re- f- they'd be fit for enough of the season to yeah. have as a um, have as backup options. Um, but personally, my personal opinion on the whole Smalling situation is I would like to have him back, but if I think if I was him and for his own career and his own you know his own life I would stay at Roma uh, he seems to be doing very well there he's adjusted well to the yeah, league he's I, very I just, well liked I just think it's, it's, a, it's a step backwards for both yeah and I think um, he's, he's he's moving on in his career yeah. in terms of age and he's United not getting are moving younger. on from him yeah so I think uh, if I was him I'd, I'd stay firmly in Roma yeah. he seems to be loving it he's doing well for himself you know he's playing champion I think he's mm-hmm. a less physical league as well from a, from by all, by all standards yeah, so he, he, his, his style suits that league it looks now. like he only he, seems to have one difficult game a season yeah. and that's when he plays his Juventus and Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. had some fun with him so um, yeah overall we both think that it'll probably be better for Smalling to continue to his, move on, yeah. his journeys in Italy and best of luck to him and speaking of um, our players or former players over in, in Italy, Italy <laughs> Romelu Lukaku seems to be having a, a bit of a terrific time over there for Inter yeah he's doing well but um, I saw an interesting stat which I think we'll discuss uh, Martial's now, now only one goal away from Lukaku's tally last season um Rashford equaled it in December. <laughs> so we've we've been criticised a lot for letting him go. But I guess it does show that we do have the players there to make up for the goals. Yep. Um, I'd say the only thing with that is we already had Martial and Rashford, right? So we still technically haven't replaced Lukaku. Yep. Uh, I know we've got Agarlo now, but an interesting stat, we've never lost a game when Agarlo's played. Yeah, very true. We've won every single Premier League game where Igalo has played. Yeah, and, Igalo and we've never has... conceded a goal while Igalo's Igalo's been on uh, uh, been playing for United. Yeah, uh, in the league. So very impressive, Igalo. Yeah. Please keep that up. <laughs> I, I'd like uh, to also add, Igalo has won more Premier League games than Lionel Messi. Yep, uh, that's true. So you know, Igalo, uh, and he's won up. more than Ronaldo this decade. Yeah, keep keep up the good work, so, yeah. Odian. <laughs> we we love it. But yeah, um, so yeah, so it's good that Martial and uh, Rashford have you know reached Lukaku's goal scoring yeah they've stepped up but we still have lost a goal scorer because we had those two already so we we need another replacement still I think yeah I, I agree um, I guess Igalo is quite a good uh, short term option when it comes to the summer I'm assuming the club have got some kind of hopefully hit, hit list <laughs> you'd, you'd imagine you'd hope uh, of players that they who, want to at approach. the moment who's, who's who would be on your hit list <laughs> I've said this before I'm trying to think of players that are actually um, ob- obtainable because yeah. um, obviously the first answer would be Messi Lionel Messi <laughs> um, but uh, I'm he's, a, he's got that clause apparently that we can, we can get for free it sounds like a good deal for everyone right? yeah it sounds terrific um, I think my first option if I look at players that are available would probably be Cavani um, just because I think he's quite a clinical goal scorer. He won't offer much physically in terms of speed, uh, but I don't think we need that type of striker. I think Martial and Rashford uh, yeah. can can justify for that. Um, so I would go for Cavani only on the information that he wants to leave his club, um, and he's he, yeah he's most likely going to leave uh, PSG in the summer. Problem with that would probably be he'd probably want stupid, stupid wage and his agents. Yeah. So I, I would actually go in a different direction. I think my first choice at the moment would probably be Jimenez. Um, 
He's got a good record for Wolves. He's yeah. proven in the Premier League. Um, he's younger. Um, and I think even if long-term Greenwood developed into a better striker, yeah. Jimenez would still probably be useful and sort of be a good squad player long-term. Um, whereas Cavani, I'm not sure how many years we'd get out of him. Very true. Cavani, um, again, could be just another Falco. Yeah, um, yeah exactly, um, exactly. Jimenez that. is actually quite a, quite a good option. Yeah, and he's proven in the Premier League. Um, you know, I, I could easily see him getting 20, 25 goals in, in our United team. Who who would you take if let's say we had like a 150 mil budget and maybe a player that's probably on Harry Kane. Yeah, but that was right. So that's, <laughs> that was the question I was setting up the answer I for. Would, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even I wouldn't even think I wouldn't even consider anyone else. It's Harry Kane. I would, I would I would go pick him up myself. Uh, you know, do, I'll do whatever it takes basically to get him to. I'd, I'd, I'd take Harry Kane. Yeah, There's, I've been playing Football Manager on the iPad recently. They've got this. Uh, They've got this button you can pay 99p or something to get your dream transfer. Where they can't, if I if I had that if I had that 99p that I could spend in real life, Harry Harry Kane would be. Yeah, would be I think one. I I was literally trying to get the conversation yeah. to Harry Kane being at <laughs> Manchester United. I just think about it. I think about it all the time. I'd love it. When uh, when we signed Lukaku, I was thinking like the, there's two young strikers in the Premier League who were like the future. One of them was Lukaku. One of them was Kane. So I didn't think we'd get Kane at the time, so I was very happy with Lukaku. Yep. Obviously, it hasn't worked out. Um, so there's only one route for me to go there. I think it's Harry Kane. Yeah, Harry Kane all day. Um, I think yeah, he he would. He just looks to me like a someone who would be the Manchester he's a, he's, United. He's a, he's a leader. He's a goal scorer. He's like I don't know. He scores penalties. He scores free kicks. He scores outside the box, inside yeah. the box, and he's you know I think he's probably averaging like 25, 20, 30 goals a season now for Spurs. Um, and yeah, you know, um, I'm sure Mourinho would be more than happy to part ways. Let let him, uh, you know, he does. He, Mourinho doesn't even pick him, despite the fact. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously he is injured, but you know, Mourinho doesn't even pick him. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine uh, Jose demanding a 250 million. I would pay it and, uh, whatever they want. And David de Gea, billion pounds, take season it. ticket, Gea, take him, whoever. Everything. Probably the only, uh, probably the only player I wouldn't let him go for is Rashford and Bruno. <laughs> and Maguire, I guess. Yeah. Any, anyone, anyone else? Take him. Take you want Pogba? Take him. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Poor Pogba um, at Tottenham. What yeah. a sight that would be. Straight swap for Harry Kane. Yeah. Go for it. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for it. Um. So let's take, let's take a step back again. Yeah. Back to uh, that hot topic we were speaking about earlier on um, the our defenders at Manchester United. Yeah. So um, recently, uh, Luke Shaw, he's been operating at times. I think against more the bigger teams when we play that five at the back yeah he's been sort of playing as this left centre back yeah as a left centre back um, and interestingly um, you, you spotted something that he'd said recently yeah so he's saying um, playing in this new position has reached him helped him reach his best form of the season um, and I kind of agree he's been pretty good when he's played in this left centre back yeah um, and he said he's enjoying the role um, but yeah I don't know I don't know, I don't know if this is something I want to hear from him <laughs> I think I kind of wanted him to say, yep, I've enjoyed it. I've done well, but I want to be the left back and the main left back, which I think he is kind of, he's, you know, he's, he's not giving up on the left back position, Yeah. but um, there's still questions. Like if he becomes this left center back, can he play in a two? Like, uh, could you see Maguire and him as a long-term central defensive partnership? I'm not sure. No, I don't know if he's he's not he's not a natural centre back, right? No, I feel like um, for me uh, immediately, if my centre back's not of a certain height, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like uh, you've got Maguire, who's he's been really good, but if when I think about who I want partnering him, I want someone like uh, like a Vidic kind of yes, exactly, a Vidic yeah. kind of centre back, and that's not Luke Shaw. <laughs> no, and I think he's had very good games at, in that formation. Yeah. I think uh, largely. Because Brandon Williams is also really good at helping him on that side, um, because he's got that he's got that raw pace, and you can tell as well he's quite tenacious with his tackles and he's up and down the wing constantly. Um, maybe Luke himself, sure, he's he's, he's aware that uh, Brandon Williams long term is probably going to could I mean, be the Manchester good, the, United. The left good back. thing is he's he's spoken about the competition and how that's helped him as well. Yeah, and I think for um, these players, it spurs them on when they've got someone who is directly competing yeah. for their position. Um, so yeah, I think I, I definitely would keep both of them, and I want both yeah. of them to excel at that left back position. I, I think as well. While we're on the topic, uh, credit to Solskjaer for that that formation. It works really well yeah, on mean, that side in particular because uh, Shaw does have good defensive qualities, yeah. and, and 
I think he's made trouble. I think he struggled with recently his attacking. Yeah, think, getting so. up and then getting back because yeah. it's, it's difficult. Um, um, and especially since his injury, I think he's he's a bit more not afraid, but he's a bit more reluctant to yes. to make those long busting runs. Yeah, so I think um, um, I think him having Williams on that side alongside him is 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 it's been very effective. Yeah. I'm not sure yet if how I like Williams a lot, um, but I'm not sure that that five at the back suits him as much. Um, so you know, it's something they got to look at going forward. But for the odd game here or there, yeah, it's, it's worked. It's worked well. Um, I was pleased that he did against Chelsea. It worked. Disappointed to see him set up the same against Bruges. That's yeah. the kind of team I wouldn't wouldn't want to be playing it against. But you know, whatever he got, he got a result. Um, yeah, he ended up. Getting but yeah, um, I still think yeah, Shaw's long term future future is uh, at left back, not left centre back. But it's nice to have the option if we if we so need it. I mean, you could do it mid game depending on how things were. Yeah, it's a good backup. Um, yeah, it's it's nice to have versatility there. But um, but yeah, I think we pretty much covered majority of what we wanted to speak about this week yeah um, so we got quick so we've mentioned we've got Everton at the weekend thoughts predictions what's your score, what score are you going for I'm going to go for 3-2 Manchester United 3-2 Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison to score and I'm do really hoping dances. for fantasy football purposes that that does not happen <laughs> but if if they score any more goals I'm going to be drastically behind in a lot of my leagues um, but yeah, so you're going 3-2 yep I'm going to go 1-0, 1-0 United Keep another clean sheet. Egalo off the bench. Bruno assist. That's it. That's that's going to be. That's sounds like the stuff that dreams are made of, but it sounds <laughs> terrific. Something I take all day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I'm. 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 I'm more confident than I was earlier. Yeah, completely. I think that our recent yeah. form going forward uh, in the games that we've got coming up, uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting, and I look forward to um, to Seeing reflecting on it on on the never ignored podcast. Yeah. So um, I'm guessing. Yeah, I've always found this strange when, when podcasts say, oh, you know, we're on this platform, that platform, because whoever's listening to this already knows what platforms we're on because they're listening to it, right? You'd hope but so. But we are now on Apple Podcasts, yep. uh, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of other podcast apps that I've not heard of, <laughs> but we're on a lot of them. Um, we're looking, I think, uh, only Apple Podcasts lets you leave reviews. Yes. So if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be much appreciated. Yes, if you can, that would, that would be awesome. Yeah, um, and follow us on all the socials. We're uh, Never Ignored Pod on Twitter, Never Ignored on Instagram, uh, Never Ignored on Facebook. <laughs> but we'll leave all the links in the show notes. Um, and yeah, we'll hope to see you back next week. Uh, I can't see where the stop button is. Okay,